Why should the Lakers considering trading a couple of their young, talented assets? Because there is a big void in the Western Conference outside of the defending champion Warriors. Now's the time. Your superstar that you've signed for three years, he's 34. He's not built to wait for them to develop. You bring him in, you're trying to win now. I understand patience, but there is an opportunity. Everybody else in the West is bottled up. The records are close. The 11-seeded team right now has 10 wins versus the number one seed team with 13 wins. That's a four-game swing. It's that tight. Why make the move? Because now, right now, Lakers, is an opportunity. There's NBA heaven. You're at the top of the food chain. You're the champs. And even with all the drama, the Warriors are still the clear favorite to three-peat. Then you're the young teams on their heels, the young teams on the rise, like the Bucks, the Sixers, or Nuggets, along with teams like the Raptors and the struggling Celtics and Rockets, two teams who are in win-now mode and both looking to upgrade their rosters. An all-star or superstar could solve their problems. Boston has all the assets to pull off a monster deal. We all know that. The Rockets, on the other hand, they don't. And when you look at the Rockets' situation, of their top eight players, of their top eight in their rotation, four of them are 30 and over. This is an older team. The Rockets are built to win now. James Harden is 29, still an elite offensive player, but he's 29 and eventually his body will start breaking down. Chris Paul is 33, and you can tell just even at the quarter point of this season, age is kind of creeping up on him. He looks a beat slower. He seems to be a little bit more inconsistent this season. I still think he's an elite player, but he's also a player that shouldn't be playing 35 minutes a game right now. Houston is going to try to figure out a way to pull off a monster deal. Which is why I say, when you look at the Lakers, with LeBron being 34 and signed for the next three years, the question is, of should the Lakers be looking to make a move? Or should they stay the course? I get it, right? Stay the course. Continue to develop the young core of Ingram, Ball, Kuzma, and Josh Hart, along with the veterans that they picked up in the offseason. But in my opinion, the clock is ticking. And the Lakers window to compete for a title with LeBron as still the best player in the game. I think that's closing already. So moving a couple of your young assets for a Bradley Bill is not just a smart play. It's the right play. It's the now play. There is a void that the Lakers can fill. There is an opportunity that right now today, could they pull, should they pull off a move like that? I think the Lakers have every opportunity. When you look at how bunched up the Western Conference is, they have every opportunity if they pull off such a move to meet Golden State in the conference finals. Let's remember, you, I get the concept of not wanting to move Hart, who's 23, uh, Kuzma, who's 23. But just remember, Bradley Bill is still only 25 years old. And by adding him, you're not only getting a great shooter, career 39% from three, 
but you're adding a guy that can get you 25 a night. Plus, he can attack off the bounce. And yes, pairing him with LeBron, with LeBron's court vision and ability to pass, plus draw a double team, will make him that much better. I understand the hesitation to not want to make a move because you're looking at Kuzma or Ingram and you're hoping. You're trying to project the idea that one of them at some point will become a star, maybe even a superstar. I think both are very good players. And of the two, I still think Ingram has a bigger ceiling, a higher ceiling. I think Ingram ultimately will become an all-star caliber player. I think Kuzma's going to be a very good player. But you can look at what he's done this season, what he did in his rookie year, and the numbers are identical. I'm not sure that Kuzma, as good as he is, he's a very good player. I think he's at his ceiling already. I don't think he has another level. If I'm the Lakers, and this is nothing against Kuzma Ingram because I am fans of both, or Hart, or Alonzo, LeBron's 34. He, if you're being real, he doesn't have two or three years to wait for them to continue to develop. Ingram looks very good this season, as does Kuzma, but they haven't both made a major leap from last year. They look very similar. And Lonzo has shot better from three, but his overall numbers, they're no better than last year's. Again, the, top, the clock's ticking. LeBron's the best player in the game. He might be that by the end of the season, maybe even going in the next season. But that's not guaranteed. That's not a lock. But while you have him, you've got to put pieces around him that help him win right now. I'm all for patience, but I, I, would, I would tell people don't be seduced by potential. Don't be seduced by what someone could become. Not everybody that comes out becomes a star or an all-star or a superstar. Some guys' ceiling, their lot in life is just to be very good or maybe borderline all-star players. What the Lakers need right now today with the opportunity they have right now this season, they need a monster move. They need a trade. They need something that can take them from being middle of the pack to top two or three. And trading for Bradley Bill would be that move. And not every blockbuster deal is meant for a team to contend for a title. Sometimes if your franchise is mediocre year after year or, or even worse, a bottom dweller year after year, you're a constant lottery team. That means that your best player is just good enough to keep you into the playoffs and you lose in the first round or your best player is just bad enough to keep you in the lottery. Look at Portland. Damian Lillard is special. He's a beast. CJ is a nice sidekick. And they're going to make the playoffs. And they're going to lose in the first round. And that's not saying that Damian's not a star. What it is saying is the pieces around him are not enough. And the truth is, there's not a lot of big name free agents that have any desire to play for the Portland Trailblazers. That's just a reality. Look at the Pelicans. They're in the same situation. Anthony Davis is a superstar. He's easily one of the top five players in the entire NBA. And yet, the Pelicans, should they make the playoffs, and that's not a given, 
they will lose in the first round. And AD, he doesn't want to end up being like another great big man. And that's what I'm talking about, Kevin Garnett. KG was loyal to the T-Wolves for years, for the basically all of his prime. And they had moments, but only one time in his entire tenure there were they legitimate title contenders. It was his MVP season. And even then, they were just title contenders. They weren't never going to beat Kobe and Shaq's Lakers. That's just a reality. And I think a guy like Anthony Davis, he sees the writing on the wall. He knows if he can't draw another big name to him, he's going to have to leave at some point. And the franchise knows that. As great as he is, as big a draw as he is, at some point, they're going to have to look to the future and realize that we give him a max deal and keep him, but stay mediocre and not bring in any more talent. That's kind of a loss for him and the franchise. At some point, you have to press reset. And and let's be realistic. AD's not going to sign the next deal with the Pelicans anyway. They know that. He knows that. So at some point, they have to make a move towards the future. Again, not all blockbuster deals turn out for teams to win titles. It really is about the overall health of your franchise or doing a reset to start to rebuild your franchise. What the Timberwolves had to do with Jimmy Butler, it was a good move for Jimmy Butler, but it's turned out to be a good move for the Timberwolves. No, they're not a title contender, but they've played better since his departure because there's a better chemistry. The locker room is better. And in the big picture, Towns is still under 25. Wiggins, who I don't think will ever be a star, is still under 25. I think Wiggins can be a very good player. The only thing that's holding Wiggins back from ever being a great player is Wiggins. He just doesn't have any dog in him. And at some point, if I was the Timberwolves, I'd probably look to move him as well. Look at the Wizards. Look at the shape of that franchise, where their future projects. There is no future. And the best thing they could do is get rid of all those cancerous contracts. Starting with John Wall and and moving on to Otto Porter Jr., who's a very good player. But in any era of basketball would be nothing more than a role player, a role player that you would never play pay. I'm sorry. You would never pay him one hundred and twenty six million dollars. He's a good player. He's not worth that. I'm not hating that man got his money, more power to him and his agent. But that was just a bad deal by Ernie Grunfeld, as was the John Wall deal. Bradley Bill is a talent. I've talked about him going to the Lakers or potentially to another team. What I'm saying is the Wizards are definitely one of those franchises that if they make a blockbuster deal, it's to do a reset. It's in preparation of a rebuild. I think something they badly need. Look at the Miami Heat, highest payroll in the entire NBA, and they don't have any star players. They have some good players, but there are no stars in Miami. There are definitely no superstars, and they've got the highest payroll in the league. Yes, you know Pat Riley is looking to put together a blockbuster deal, if for nothing else, to unload some of those contracts. Miami's one of those teams that desperately need to be able to get into free agency and add talent. The problem is they don't have any money. They can't sign any talented free agents. The best they could offer somebody is the mid-level. And you're not going to get no top-level top, top level talent with a mid-level exception. It's not going to happen. 
That's where this NBA is at. You're either at the top of the chain, you're on the rise, or, or worse. And this might be the worst position. You're in that middle part. You're in that NBA purgatory. Your franchise has been about the same for the last four or five years. You haven't gotten any better or any worse. And there's no light at the end of the tunnel. And you're strapped with monstrous contracts that you can't get rid of. So, yes, when I look at the opportunity that the Celtics have, even though they came into this season, a clear favorite. Teams, teams, chemistry, the way seasons play out, they don't play out on paper. On paper, Boston was was by far not just the best team in the Eastern Conference, but everybody knew, including myself. I thought definitely Boston is built to compete and maybe even beat Golden State in a series. And it's not playing out that way. Now, they're 11 and 10. They're far from like done. But when you look at how well the Raptors and the Bucks are playing, along with the Sixers. I think Boston's in trouble. And I've already talked about their offensive struggles And I've even mentioned the the possibility of packaging Kyrie Irving. And I know most people say that's insane. And I'm a big Kyrie fan. This is not about his talent. This is not about questioning whether or not he's the most talented player on that team. Maybe he's just not the best fit for what they need going forward. When I look at teams like the Nuggets or even the Thunder, you look at the Thunder and you figure with Russ, with Paul George, now they've got Schroeder along with Steven Adams, you would think that would be enough. But the Thunder are 12-7. and seven. That's a solid record, but they don't seem to be a legitimate title contender. And while they won't say they need to make a move, I look at the Thunder and the first thing I think of is they desperately need a shooter. Same could be said for the Lakers. Actually, same could be said for the Warriors, believe it or not. You've got Clay, Steph, KD. Maybe you've got the top three shooters in the league on your roster, but they're all in your starting lineup. When you go to Golden State's bench, they don't have any shooting. They don't have any firepower. There's not one player on their bench outside of Quinn Cook that averages close to double digits. They just don't have any firepower on that roster coming off the bench this season. And I think that's another impediment. That's another weakness in Golden State that some of the better teams can exploit. Also, they're struggling versus talented bigs because they're younger bigs. That three-headed monster they're using at center, they're all very good, solid players, but they're not very good defenders. And they're not. one of them is an elite athlete, but he's just physically weak. Golden State, believe it or not, the defending champions at 15 and 7, I think they could look to make a move. Not a monstrous move, but they they need to add some type of firepower, another creator, another attacker to come off their bench. This is going to be a short one. I appreciate you, Facebook fam. Good looking out, YouTube fam, for all the responses. I'll be back doing the show on Friday. This is Mo. It's the Cypher. Next time.